0: The Chiefs get an eighth consecutive AFC West Championship with their victory over the Cincinnati Bengals in Week 17. But there's even more to that victory. On this episode of Defending the Kingdom, we will explore what this means. The victory over the Bengals, not just now, but in the weeks ahead. And we'll also have a special interview with one of the most dynamic running backs in the National Football League, the Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco. And, of course... It's all brought to you by Ticketmaster. As Mahomes looks to the left side, he fires back at the end zone. Caught! Touchdown, Kansas City. Actually, a circle route by Isaiah Pacheco. The Chiefs went four by one after the Pacheco motion, and he circles into the end zone. A new wrinkle for the Chiefs. And hi, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Defending of the Kingdom, What This
1: Means. We also bring you Matt McMullen's Hat collection. <laughs> uh huh. This is awesome. For those of you not watching, we have 13 hats in front of us <laughs> on the desk, all right? Each one of these hats represents something achieved by the Kansas City Chiefs since 2016. This all began with this hat way back in 2016. I was an intern with the Chiefs way back then, and when we won the division in 2016, The Chiefs gave me this hat. I thought it was the coolest thing. My favorite team gave me a free division championship hat, and I got hired full-time the following year and got the next hat, which is somewhere in here. I think it's this one. And I've just collected these ever since. So we have eight division title hats, three conference champion hats, and then these two in the middle, two Super Bowl championship hats since 2016. It's been a remarkable run, and when you see all the hats, it makes you really think about the perspective. (laughs) It's nuts, right? (laughs) It's awesome. It's like looking at a rock collection,
0: uh, but it's also uh, leads us to the theme of this episode of Defending the Kingdom and what this means. What did the victory over Cincinnati mean? And we're going to look at it from three different perspectives, and and we're going to have Isaiah Pacheco on here just a little bit, but what does this mean? But before we get into that, let's take these hats, jump into your space station, and orbit the Earth
1: with another... Around the world with Matt McMullen. So just two for you today. How about for two Super Bowl championship hats? Let's make it three. Then he even
0: introduce you. He's also the senior team reporter.
1: I just am here along for the ride. We're fired up. You I'm know. fired up. This man. is an exciting time. Up. So shout-out to Melissa and her son Cooper in Knoxville, Tennessee. Ooh. Go Vols, Rocky Top. Uh, they're hoping to come to a game in Kansas City for a game for the very first time next year. So hopefully we see you out here. And then uh, Nikki in Hannibal, Missouri. We've heard from Nikki several times. She wanted to shout-out her mom, Mary. Mary is 91 years old and watches every single Chiefs game. She's also a huge Mizzou fan, so great weekend for Mary. So shout out to you. Also,
0: Mark Twain's hometown, so Mark Twain was a Chief fan, I think. Definitely, yes. Yeah, even before we existed. Watching from the forest. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Yep.
1: That's all I got. All right. Yeah. Two for today.
0: All right. That's good. Uh, And again, what does this mean? The victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's talk in historical perspective. Now, you and I have chronicled these, uh, and I've done it in a variety of different ways, as have you. But we can't move forward anymore uh, without just pausing and understanding the historical significance of what the Chiefs have done in that victory over the Bengals. And it starts with something that only two teams have ever done in the
1: history of this league that dates to 1921. Eight straight division titles. Eight straight. Think about that. And you're right. The only other team to ever do that is the Patriots, who won 11 straight AFC East titles from 2009 to 2019. That is the only streak longer than the run the Chiefs are currently on. Think about that. Since 2016 to now, the Chiefs have compiled the second greatest run of dominance over a division in NFL history behind only the Patriots, led, of course, by Bill Belichick and Tom Brady remarkable stuff, something that we cannot take for granted. And we've mentioned this on previous episodes, but when I got this hat back in 2016 and then got this hat in 2017, we were so excited because for the first time in team history, we won consecutive division titles. They gave us footballs with that written on it. It was a huge accomplishment, back-to-back division titles. And to think where we are now with all of these hats up here, to win eight straight division titles and not to just win the division, but to also go to the conference title game, to win the conference title game, to win Super Bowls. This run is one of the greatest runs for any team in NFL history. It's the golden era of not just Chiefs football, but one of the greatest runs ever in the history of our game, and we get to enjoy it. It's pretty special.
0: Yeah, and people say, well, the division hasn't been that good. Wait a minute. That run includes a 12-4 and Raiders team and a 12-4 and Chargers team, and a Broncos team that won the Super Bowl the year before this run of eight, sta- eight straight uh, division championships. So I'll argue that. My favorite part of this year, winning this year and winning the victory over the uh, Bengals, was the fact that it really honors our founder, Lamar Hunt, who tried to keep the American Football League together, especially in 2002, when the Houston Texans came into existence. And it made eight teams, or I'm sorry, eight divisions of four teams each. It was finally balanced. There had been this odd number of teams, five in one division, four in the other. And there was a real discussion that the Chiefs would be in a division in the AFC with the Colts, the Texans, and the Titans. Now it's weird. Too weird. But Lamar Hunt wanted to keep the AFL history together. It's really why the AFC West stayed intact with four original AFL franchises and the AFC East had three original AFL franchises and an AFL expansion team in the Dolphins who came into being in 1966. That being said, I got into this, I went down a rabbit hole last year in December, and I was looking at, oh my gosh, the Broncos have won 15 division titles, the Chargers have won 15 division titles, the Raiders have won 15 division titles, and the Chiefs last year won a 15th division title. How crazy is that? And the Chiefs, with this victory... Go to 16, 15, 15, 15.
1: I love that. And even crazier is the perspective you added a few weeks ago where prior to this run, it was 15, 15, 15, 8. And now it's 15, 15, 15, 16. That's crazy. How about nine straight playoff runs? Nine straight playoff runs. Almost a decade of going to the playoffs every single season. It's the second longest streak in NFL history. Uh, Once again, only the Patriots from 2009 to 2019, 11 straight years of going to the playoffs, is longer in NFL history. The NFL is built on parity. The NFL is designed so that every single city, every single year, thinks that they have a chance. And if you don't have a chance that year, if your team isn't very good, well, you might have a chance the following year. That's why the draft is set up the way that it is. That's why the salary cap is the way that it is. So everyone has a chance. Runs like what the Chiefs are currently on are not supposed to happen because the rest of the league isn't having success, right? If the Chiefs are winning. And consider this. Think of the other teams that uh, will likely be or are already in the playoff field this year. Some of the teams that are Super Bowl contenders, right? The Baltimore Ravens. They went 8 and 9 and missed the playoffs in 2021. 8 and 9. The Bills. They went 6 and 10 in 2018 and Josh Allen played that season. That was his rookie year. The 49ers went 6 and 10 in 2020. And then the Eagles went 4 and 11 in 2020. I could go on and on. Every team has a bad year, except for the Chiefs in the last 10 seasons. It's incredible. So nine straight playoff runs. It doesn't happen in the NFL. And the beauty of it is I don't see it slowing down anytime soon.
0: And the Chiefs, think of who they're tied with for second NFL history. The Dallas Cowboys of Roger Staubach and Tom Landry, 1975 to 1983, and the Peyton Manning Colts of 2002 to 2010. That also puts this in historical perspective. And before we move on to the next phase of this discussion, we need to bring up Andy Reid, 25 years as a head coach. Matt, this is his 18th time he has had 10-plus wins in a single season. Only uh, Coach Shula, the late Coach Shula, and Belichick, who did it 20 times, and Belichick seems stuck right now, so Coach might catch him uh, (laughs) – And then also the fact that uh, with nine straight 10-plus win seasons, and those nine straight years, I'm looking at your hats, we're done in Kansas City, (laughs) not Philadelphia. Only Bill Belichick has eclipsed that.
1: Yeah, and here's some more context. If you're looking at just teams with – double-digit wins in consecutive seasons. You mentioned the Chiefs have nine straight. The Patriots had 17 straight from 2003 to 2019. The 49ers had 16 straight from 1983 to 1998. And then it's the Chiefs. They are third on that list, tied with the Peyton Manning Colts, who had nine straight from uh, 2002 to 2010. Think about that. So not only are the Chiefs winning the division every year, Not only are they obviously going to the playoffs every year, they're having a double-digit victory season. They don't have one of those, like, the whole division was down and they won the AFC West with, like, eight victories. None of those. Every single year, they're winning double-digit games, they are hosting playoff games, and in the last five years, they've hosted the AFC Championship game. Again, I mean, we could just say this over and over with all of these different examples. This does not happen in the NFL. There are only a couple of instances in NFL history where we have seen a run like this, and it's the runs everyone knows about. It's the Patriots. you know, It's the 49ers with Joe Montana. Well, we are living that right now, and we can't lose sight of it.
0: I would assert it's even tougher now than ever before because of the 17th game. And the salary cap. The cap and the 17th (laughs) game. One more game, and that one game is against the top team, usually, from the NFC, or a top team. When you think about who the Chiefs have had to play in a fifth NFC game, and it's always going to be either the NFC champion or somebody that was really close. So this edition of Defending the Kingdom is what this means. That's the historical mark. Just stop for a second and contemplate all that. But there's also what it means for this week. And what it means for this week, the Chiefs are locked in in the number three position. They cannot move. Now, we have seen how Coach Reed has handled this in the past. But it looks like it's an opportunity for key players of the Chiefs to get some rest. Essentially, a bye week or a lesser load of work week. One guy who could benefit from that is our special guest on this episode. And it's Isaiah Pacheco. So we had a chance to catch up with Pop. Boy, are we blessed on this edition of Defending the Kingdom called What This Means to bring in the one we call Pop, Isaiah Pacheco, coming off a career game uh, in the victory over the Bengals. I want to ask you this, because it seemed like the offensive line and you said, we're going to light the fuse to this game. How much that, was the mindset of the week going into the Cincinnati game?
2: Uh, it was big, very big this week. Uh, that was the mindset uh, first thing of the week. Uh, when Coach Reed came in on that Tuesday, we had a team meeting, uh, Biggs uh, is going to take you guys uh, this game to start it off, uh, and for us as the skill guys, you gotta follow the the momentum of the game and understand that uh, it starts with them up front
1: let's look at your numbers here from the game you had 130 rushing yards that was a career (laughs) high nine of your 18 carries gained at least five yards that's pretty good you had 102 yards after first contact and of course you also had the receiving touchdown the interesting thing is you didn't practice until friday because you were getting through the (laughs) concussion protocol what was the week like preparing for that game and how satisfying was it to have the best game of your career
2: um it was it was uh difficult i'll say because doing the protocol testing and you know you could very you could get very distracted and you know, uh, feel uh, a little bit separated from the team because you can't do as much as you were usually doing the, during the week. So it was kind of tough, but uh, Julie and the uh, training staff, they had a plan, and we stuck to it. And um, just finding that, that uh, opportunity to get out there on the field, the, the extra work that I put in uh, besides uh, going out there and practice to get where I, I wanted to be, um, it, it worked. And um, just trusting the, uh, the scheme and going home and being prepared um, allowed me to come out and, and play fast.
0: Our training staff's awesome, <laughs> and, your, and your shoulder, the way you fought back from that. I want to ask you something. This goes back to something you and I talked about all the way back in the spring, and that is the next step of your career of you becoming a threat in the passing game as a receiver. We saw the angle route for the touchdown. How much of that is coming together for you?
2: Um, it's it's big for me. Um, it's something that I always take uh, very seriously um, on the offseason as, as, as well uh, as much as I didn't get uh, the, those reps in with Pat, which I uh, wanted to because I had surgery on my shoulder, uh, I missed out on those few uh, reps uh, in the off-season. But during the, those OTAs, when I was able to just slide in there with Coach Reed uh, not looking or anybody <laughs> looking, just get those extra reps, um, it was something I would do. And, and just uh, practicing in the dark, um, um, it's, it kind of came to light, just uh, trusting in the scheme and just being thankful for my teammates, uh, having uh, faith in me to, to, uh, to do it with them.
1: So I have a very serious question. Can you speak to the power of the swag surf? Because they play swag surf and then the defense <laughs> gets four sacks on five plays. Hey. Explain the power of the swag surf.
2: Hey, they had me on the bench going. I had the crowd going. I'm like, wow, yo, this this really feels real. So if if Chiefs Kingdom, you know, we wanna we, we start doing the swag surf, you know, that's that's something we, we may we may bring that on to something that I, I may be new to, um and I'm pretty sure they're new to it here, right? It's effective. It's it works. It. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> catching on. Last night
0: on the Chiefs Kingdom show, first of all, they're asking you to be on the show. I have for two years, but they were talking about that. Yeah. Because the, the fans want to, like, hey, we're all in. Let's do it.
2: Oh, let's go. I can't <laughs> wait, man. Playoff game? We got a playoff game home? Oh, yeah. yeah sure well, do. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Turn well, it up. Well, here's Turn the thing. Up.
1: So, Willie, there's uh, there's cameras on Willie, and Willie was asking for it. He's like, we need it. We need it. We need, need the swag serve. And then the defense went out and had four sacks and five plays. So, clearly, it works. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh.
0: What did you see? I mean two thirty plus runs here. And Kels gave you an awesome block. I didn't realize it till I went back and watched the video. Like, Kels and Coach said it might have been his best block in his career. (laughs) But when you saw it pop open, you're like, Okay, what were you thinking?
2: I was thinking uh, this is what we practiced uh, on that Friday, that day that I was uh, able to get that rep, and um, just kind of trusted uh, the scheme. And when you trust the scheme, and you know that uh, the, the blockers that are in front of you are, are determined to get the job done. Um, it all plays uh, out as, as a unit. And that's what it did. Um, we uh, brought it together and made a great play there.
1: Uh, Mitch asked you about this a little bit already, but you look back at your rookie season, you were so good as a rookie. You're the leading rusher in the Super Bowl. And then coming into this season, you're the guy and I mean, you've had an awesome year. I mean, over nearly twelve hundred yards from scrimmage, nine touchdowns. Like what a season for you. I know you're always unsatisfied though. I mean, where do you see yourself going uh looking ahead to the playoffs then and the seasons to come?
2: You know, that's uh it's kinda tough when you uh been in uh the situations I've been in, uh understanding mm-hmm. that uh, it's been adversity. Uh, I missed two games due to surgery, and um, it's something that, you know, could be overlooked. And for me, it's just taking it day by day and, and knowing that uh, my health is important and just trusting the, the coaches, and, and and they're doing a great job with me and uh, me being a player and believing in um, in this program. Uh, we're doing great things, and um, coming out on top is, is the goal.
0: So this defending the kingdom theme is what's this mean? This means... It's pop time, Isaiah Pacheco. What a career in two years, and you just sense his energy, but you also sense how tough he is and what he's had to come back from already in his first two seasons, especially this year.
1: I just love his spirit, like his energy on the field. You can't replicate it. He is an awesome guy. And to go through what he went through last week, where it's almost entirely mental reps the entire week as he's working through the concussion protocol, and then to get out there on Friday at practice, which is always a lighter practice, then to go have the game that he did. I mean, 130 rushing yards, a career high, to catch that touchdown. I mean, he was just tremendous. He was the engine that made the whole thing go uh, in addition to the offensive line last week against the Bengals. So an amazing player and such a bright future ahead.
0: Yeah, you mentioned our training staff. You mentioned Julie Freymeyer. We've talked about them before. They're remarkable. Because think about now what Pop is on to go through, not just the concussion protocol, but his shoulder, his rehab after his surgery, and even re-injuring it and still fighting away. But it leads us into our second portion of defending the kingdom, and that is what this means. The Chiefs now locked into the three. They can't go to the two. They can't go to the four. Can't get to the one. They will play the Chargers this week. Now, we have seen this in Coach Reed's tenure. Uh, Ever since 2013, his first year the Chiefs were in this spot, couldn't move going into the final week. It's always the Chargers, it seemingly. But in 2013, the Chiefs rested their starters to get ready for the playoffs. The backups almost beat the Chargers and knocked them out of the playoffs. Ryan Suckup misses a 41-yard field goal that would have won that game (laughs) and would have been one of the more uh, dramatic victories uh, in franchise history. But he misses it. Chiefs lose in overtime to the Chargers with the backups playing. But in that game, Niall Davis emerges. He runs for 84 yards. I know it's ancient history in 2013, but it brings up a point that Matt and I want to make about the importance of this week's game twofold. One, you get to rest, guys. But two, who emerges? Niall Davis, just two years later, becomes one of the heroes of the first playoff victory for this franchise in 21 years when he returns a kick 106 yards to start a 30 to nothing route of the Texans. So in 2013, That game moved Niall Davis into a whole other category that he used as a catalyst for the next two to three seasons. Was Chase Daniel the quarterback that day? It was, Chase Daniel. It was there.
1: (laughs) All suck up's got to do is hit the 41-yarder and wide left. It would have been awesome. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, How about 2017? So this guy named uh, Patrick Mahomes (laughs) (laughs) made his first career start uh, against the Broncos in 2017. And what did Patrick Mahomes do in his first career start? He just led a game-winning drive at Mile High. Uh, he led the Chiefs on an 11-play, 67-yard drive to set up Harrison Butker's game-winning field goal. Do you think there were fans at Mile High that day watching it thinking, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. This Patrick Mahomes guy. <laughs> and, you know, obviously it speaks for itself what he's done in the years since. But it's so fitting that his first ever start was against a division rival on the road, and he led a game-winning drive. Just awesome. And some other highlights from that game. Albert Wilson had 10 catches for 147 yards. Uh, basically got him a huge free agent contract with the Dolphins after that. And then do you remember who the leading rusher was that day? Uh, it was uh, Actually, it
0: was Anthony Sherman. Yep, Anthony Sherman
1: with 40, ca- 40 yards, <laughs> 40 14 yards and 14 carries.
0: The bell cow. <laughs> Yeah, the sausage. Yep, yep, Anthony
1: Sherman. (laughs) Became RB1. I wonder how many people won their fantasy league that week. Yeah, I can't imagine many people had uh, Anthony Sherman in there at running back, but maybe some, I don't know. Had him for 42 yards. (laughs) The point Matt and I
0: are trying to make is that this week's game against the Chargers, which you're going, well, wait a minute, a lot of the guys are going to rest and they're going to play backups. No, pay attention to this game because it could be someone who emerges in this game who actually then becomes a star in the playoffs because it takes us to the COVID year of 2020. Chiefs can't move the needle again. They won the division. It's a week then. It was 17 game against the Chargers again. COVID game, home game. Uh, Justin Herbert's going to play. It's his rookie season. He's having a good year. Chad Henney's going to quarterback the Kansas City Chiefs. 34-21, Chiefs lose. But what did that do for Kansas City? For Chad Henney, he played every offensive snap of that game. Just two weeks later, In the divisional playoff game, Patrick Mahomes gets hurt and has to leave. Who saves the day with a critical fourth down throw and also a scramble to put the Chiefs in that position? Chad Henney. And I would assert here that that game that he played to get all those snaps because he hadn't played much at all gave him an opportunity to be successful in the playoffs.
1: It was third and 15. The Chiefs were up like four points, I think. And then he scrambled to make it fourth and inches. And Coach Reed, on his side of the field, has Chad Henney throw a pass to win the game. I mean, just one of the most awesome displays of coaching and uh, having faith in your guys I think I've ever seen. But you're right. I mean, the guys talked about how that game in Week 17 prepared Chad for that moment just a couple weeks later. So you're right. These games do matter. And think about the wear and tear on the Chiefs over the last several years. The Chiefs have played 112 total games since 2018. That's five more than the Rams, who are the next closest team. 98 regular season games. Everyone's played those. But then 14 playoff games. Since 2018, it's basically a full extra season the Chiefs have played in that same amount of time. So any opportunity to just relax, to give guys an opportunity to get their head right, get their bodies right, and then at the same time, give other players an opportunity to show what they can do to get live game reps because you can't replicate uh, those in practice. You can only do it in the game. So one of the things I'm looking for in this game, the defense overall has a chance – to finish as the number one scoring defense in the NFL. We need the Ravens, who might be playing backups, and the uh, 49ers to struggle a little bit, and for the Chiefs defense to play really well. But it'd be awesome if our young defenders can go out there, really play a great game against the Chargers, and maybe finish as the number one scoring defense in the league. So what does this mean? We put the
0: first portion in historical context overall, even dating back to the first days of the league, or the first days of the American Football League. Secondly, we've told you about this week. And again, in a recent history, historical context of what even playing the backups could mean in this game against the Chargers this week. You think of guys like Felix Enidike Ozama, um, and other guys who we put in. And you get more reps for Awanye Morris. Uh, guys though that have not. Uh, Cam Jones.
1: About Nick Jones and E.J. Thompson J- maybe.
0: Echo Boido. I mean, these are all guys that could be stars in this game that could lead to a playoff victory in a couple of weeks. or And then also, over the next couple of years, it could propel them. But there is a third advantage for the Chiefs. And that has been a disadvantage for the Chiefs in the month of December. And that is five straight opponents. I put this on Twitter. It started a firestorm. Five straight opponents, though, had anywhere from – 10 to 14 to 11 to 9 to 10 days to prepare for the Chiefs. Five straight weeks in December. The Chiefs had to gut through that. Yeah, they were 2 and 3 in those three games. But now the Chiefs get that advantage by resting some of their principal players in this week against the Chargers. And what's the other side of this? Is that whomever the Chiefs play, it could be five separate opponents in the opening round of the playoffs. And Matt, all five of those teams are going to be gutting it out this weekend in many ways, win or go home uh, uh, games in the AFC. That could be an advantage for the Chiefs to watch this let the fur fly and because these are games where teams are playing. The Buffalo Bills could be playing for their playoff lives.
1: Can I go over playoff scenarios? Let's do it. Uh, I was doing this last night, and Ellie told me I needed to come in the other room and eat dinner, and I said I was in the lab. I couldn't come eat dinner. I was very busy going don't, through Don't Don't touch the genius. Don't, don't. <laughs> Hot plate. It's what microwaves are for. Thank so, you. So as Mitch said, the Chiefs are locked into the three seed. Doesn't matter what they do or what anyone else does this weekend in terms of their particular seed. The Chiefs are the three seed uh, in the playoffs this year. Now, if the Bills beat the Dolphins on the final game of the season on Sunday night, then the Dolphins will be the opponent, no matter what. No matter what else happens, if the Bills beat the Dolphins, it'll be Dolphins at Chiefs Wild Card weekend. Now, if the Dolphins beat the Bills, it gets a little bit interesting. Boy, does it. So there are four scenarios in which we would play the Bills here in Kansas City in the Wild Card round. They all include Tennessee beating Jacksonville, which would be a surprise because Tennessee – is already eliminated from the playoffs. And Will Levis got hurt last week. Ryan Tannehill had to come in. Jacksonville, they don't necessarily have to win, but they want to win because there are some scenarios where they could miss the playoffs if they lose. So Jacksonville needs to win. And they
0: win, they win the division. So they get the fourth seed. Exactly. So
1: Jacksonville is playing to win. We'll see if Trevor Lawrence is back. But uh, Tennessee beating Jacksonville is the only way that we might end up playing Buffalo. Uh, Now, we could also end up playing Houston, Indianapolis, or Pittsburgh. We have two scenarios each to play each of those teams. Basically, if Jacksonville and Miami both win, the Chiefs will play the winner of Texans and Colts, which is on Saturday night. If Tennessee beats Jacksonville, though, and if the Dolphins go on to beat the Bills, that's where things get really weird, and it's kind of hard to talk about because there's like a million different scenarios, but... Yeah, a lot of different things could happen in that game on Sunday night where the Bills are playing uh, the Dolphins. A lot of it comes down to that. And get this, if Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, and Miami all win, the Bills would miss the playoffs. The Bills can either be the 2 seed or miss the playoffs entirely. So in it's going to be a last game
0: of the whole grid. Uh-huh. There could be so much pressure in that game, Matt. It's it can, it's going to it's going to be crazy Sunday
1: night. And either way, this is something that we were talking about What's kind of the common denominator in all of this? Well, a lot of these teams, pretty much all of these opponents, not pretty much, actually, all of these opponents that the Chiefs could potentially play on Wild Card weekend, each of them is trying to win this weekend. Like, they have to win. They have a lot on the line. Nothing is guaranteed for any of them. So that means that whoever the Chiefs are going to play wildcard weekend is going to be coming off a game in which it was likely hard-fought in a game that they poured everything into, and that, in my mind, is an advantage for the Chiefs.
0: And again, it's been just the converse in the month of December uh, to end the regular season with the Chiefs facing just the opposite. Now all of a sudden, the Chiefs get a chance to rest players and wait to see how the smoke clears and what is going to be an amazing weekend of tough games in the AFC. So you wanted to know, what did the win over the Bengals do? Well, I think Matt and I just laid it out for you in what this means.